So hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Essence podcast. Today we have Arundhati Balachandran on the show with us. Currently, Arundhati is the Senior Director of Customer Success at Chargebee. For those of you who don't know what Chargebee is, Chargebee is a leading subscription, billing, and revenue management platform. Arundhati, with over a decade of experience wearing multiple hats in the GTM space across services and SaaS businesses, she joined Chargebee as the Director of Sales in early 2018. and then after a year of setting up the sales development team she took, took over the five member customer success team at chargebee and now the team is 35 members strong driving great retention and reducing churn crazily so hey arundhati such a pleasure to have you on the show hey sunil nice to be here thanks for that lovely introduction awesome i i definitely want to know and you know i want to double click on how did you move from uh like sales into customer success but before that i gave a very short and a brief intro about you arundhati so can you tell us more about yourself and you know how did you explore the world of saas sure thing i think see you rightly said i have over 15 years of work experience in the gtm space right donning different hats in sales pre sales consulting i actually started my career with Deloitte consulting in the US and then you know now with customer success so I've pretty much been customer facing from day 1 and it really helps that I have donned all these hats because customer success as a function is so multidimensional right it's all about the customer experience which comes from my consulting past and also expansion and retention is our revenue metrics that you know we've been very conscious about uh, from the sales aspect so yeah i think having donned different hats has really helped me you know develop a good uh, understanding of our customer success and this is my with charge b this has been my first saas experience as well i've been in services all along so this has definitely been I, what i like about saas is it's so structured customer success also gives structure to how you engage with customers and the fact that you have you can have a playbook and a repeatable framework to make that happen that's what's exciting for me great and uh, you mentioned that you have been into services for all along right and now you lead a function which is customer success which is i think is predominant you know in in only in saas kind of businesses right that's so what kind of difference do you see you know in a service and saas company with respect to customer success right like how the how the service company do customer success in that way Sure. See, I'll tell you what. At the end of the day, you want to keep a customer happy, and that's common, irrespective of whether you're in a services company or product company. But what helps is, you know, when you have a product that's tangible, and customers are deriving value out of it. So it's product driven, right? The product driven engagement helps because then you don't need to hire as many people as you do in services. You your product does everything. Your customers are advocates for the product more than the services. So in that sense, we work very closely with the product team to you know uh, get that feedback, being the voice of the customer and sharing that feedback with the product. So it's it's more like a CS slash. product engagement with uh, whereas in services you do everything right you hire a team and i've been working with customers who are like large enterprises and i've led teams of 100 to 200 people and uh, here i'm able to do the same thing for the same revenue with 35 people in my team so that's the biggest difference that i see 
that's 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 amazing and then you know double clicking on the on your journey in chargebee itself from you know the sales team to the customer success team right like how did that happen and why did that happen can you share you know if you have to travel back in time when you were kind of transitioning into custom success from the sales team right like why did you choose that you know i also as you as you mentioned right you come from a services background and you know moving into a function which is you know predominant in saas how did you find like you know how did you get get acquainted all with all the knowledge that that is out there you know for that is required for any customer success leader sure so i was uh, with the sales team for a year right before i moved to take over the customer success team at chargebee and in sales i had the experience of having set up the entire inside sales team with the assembly line framework of ldrs sdrs and account executives and uh, coming up with playbooks and kpis for each of these roles and what one thing as we were doing that we realized that you know there was also this leaky bucket problem in terms of churn and retention and we really needed someone to focus on that and we had a five member team that were focusing on a select you know large uh, customers but we really didn't have a formal approach from a cs standpoint and what i saw was you know we were already a bit late from a charge b perspective to set up that formal customer success team right one thing that i would like to tell everyone is sales is unidimensional in terms of that revenue you want to go after whereas customer success the number one priority is retention right aware because it's 5x more expensive to acquire a new customer so we had to fix that leaky bucket issue as an organization and second is also we weren't really focusing on expansion revenue and that was and that seemed to be the right time to start focusing on expansion revenue so what i thought was you know it was a great opportunity for me to take this over as as you know as a functional head and take take there as a challenge even because customer success is still new yeah in the saas industry and every if you see every organization they're all we all have different uh, ways of doing it and uh, but it's interesting because it has to be customized for the product that you're catering to so that happened and then i took it over in the beginning of 2019 but the one thing that i'll tell you is cs and sales are revenue part of the revenue all right so there were multiple learnings from sales that really helped me so if you think about it the if you look at it as there is no such thing as post sales in any business because the sales motion is actually a continuous loop starting from your mqls and prospects until renewals so i just saw as myself moving slightly downstream in the revenue org in the gtm space and handling that aspect of it so and one of the things we always say is everyone in the organization should treat customers as if they are still pre-sales and prospects because the customer experience delivered when you think that way is just mind blowing if you think about it totally. so yeah so i think that's 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 one of the that's how the journey happened and i'm really glad you know that i made that change because this is really help me because i'm a bit of a jack of all trades master of none and i'm proud to say <laughs> that because i think it helps me do i tackle different problems like retention or churn or expansion or advocacy and experience so it just gives me different things to work on every day got it that's really interesting right and i i do agree with the point that you said right like there's no something like post sales process in saas right because even even once the sale is done and you know the account goes to the customer success team they have to like you know expand and upsell in the same account so it would go complete the loop and you know once you have an upsell it is again a sales right or a, so it i i do agree with the point that it's there is no 
something like a post sale in at least saas businesses where you have to where you have expansions and upsells going on in in the product really interesting one thing that you mentioned arundhati when we were talking long back about about, about doing this and and you know I, i saw it on your linkedin as well that that you are you are you know highly data driven right mm-hmm. so so what what were the you know initiatives that you took in, in with respect to being data driven in the customer success function and and you know from there to now what what has uh, evolved in in you know being data driven sure sure so i do have a masters in data analytics so my obsession with data started yeah. very long back <laughs> <laughs> and and one thing that i love about customer success is versus sales right you have all that data and if you actually don't use it it's a sin to not use that data that you have about your customers and using that for your engagement strategies so i think uh, the first thing that we did for cs was uh, hiring our first uh, cs operations analyst okay now and contrary to popular belief i did not hire my first csm but i hired this role first because I, it was really important to understand and have like a 360 degree view of the customers and right and for that we had to leverage data from various touch points right from the time you know sales conversations in the crm support conversations all that i wanted to have like a 360 view in one place and we use a tool called uh, churn zero and the ops analyst was actually taking uh, control of both the tool as well as reporting and giving me insights on hey so we have so many customers this is how many um csms probably we need to hire so right from the capacity planning for the team and then how many to hire for the next year everything started that that was the first thing that i ever did and that really helped because of my data background the second was also you know once we had the view it was important to establish a, a framework of customer segmentation because at chargebe we cater to both smbs and mid market customers and we really needed to understand you know which customer should have or might need a dedicated customer success manager and uh, which customer is usually low touch right so we had to segment customers and we did that based on to be honest it's multiple attributes that you can segment it based on the kind of organization you have but we did it based on our customers growth at the end of the day we process their you know we are a billing tool and we process their revenue on chargebee so the growth really gave us good signals in terms of our customers growing and you know if they are then they might need a more dedicated resource from our side so that was the second thing and the third thing that we did was also establishing leading indicators based on the data from our customers usage right whether it was you know if a customer is using our product and growing then they go into our growth and expansion playbooks and if they are not using the product then that is a leading indicator of a high risk customer so then the retention framework comes into play so the leading devising and coming up with health scores and leading indicators you know that was like the most fun part for us because the data modeling really came into play there because you want to see what are the different attributes be it usage you know if they're logging into your product product adoption feature adoption all those come into play and we were able to come up with leading indicators for uh, both expansion and retention uh, frameworks Mm, that's that's really amazing and since you mentioned that you know the first hire that you did was a cs ops person i know for for all the listeners i know for fact that chargebee has a great ops team paid b sales ops revenue ops cs ops partner ops and 
I also hosted Lavanya, who runs the operations at Chashbi, on the right. same show a few episodes back. So you know, do do check check that out. But yeah, talking about metrics, right? So there's there's also like you know some some times or you know some instances or that when when you know you can't like you know hundred percent rely on data and you have to you know bring in a gut as well uh, while taking some decisions, right? Like when you're doing some experiments where you don't have enough data. Uh, where you don't have let's say enough historical data then then you you know you have to rely on both right like like some amount of data that you have or maybe you don't none versus your you know the the gut that you have and you, that you need to take take those few decisions so in in that in those instances then how do you manage like you know to to take those those vital decisions because since since being a data driven person mm-hmm. right and not having data to take any decisions then would love to know like what are your you know what's the process that maybe you personally follow while while taking such decisions Sure, and I'm really glad you asked that question because you know that's where your my experience comes into play. Yeah, right? I think. Uh, so I'll tell you, I'll give you an example of something that we did. So one is because customer success is relatively new across the board in the industry. There are multiple experiments that we have done in the past, and one thing that is unique to what I have done for CS and I've uh, shared this with other CS leaders in the industry is, you know, based on my sales experience, I loved how. that assembly line of ldr sdr ae model worked so well right because the ldr is responsible for doing the market research and giving us all the intel on a prospect and then the sdr then qualifies that prospect and books a demo with the account executive and then the account executive closes the deal so the first thing was when i moved to cs and i had all this expansion target was we did first have the csms have 80 20 fixed uh, variable kind of a, a model for the compensation and then uh, we were asking them to you know develop a relationship with the customers as well as sell to them and there was some conflict of interest in terms of they were wondering which hat should i don right now is it the relationship hat or is it the sales hat right so one so that was the uh, the case for the first 3 months in 2019 and then what i did was uh, we had a csm who was very salesy and so i moved her uh, temporarily into an account manager role where uh, what we said was let's have an experiment this month where you work with you play tag team with one csm and with for their portfolio of customers and uh, let them give you the pipeline or signals of who's ready to maybe potentially be an expansion opportunity and then you close the deal right so the csm had pipeline kpis similar to an sdr and then the AM had uh, quota targets, and this really moved the needle. And we had a six x increase in our expansion, where people wow, were, that's... yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that was like I think that people were really amazed in terms of if you have different, you need to drive the right behavior using KPIs and mm-hmm. uh, saying so. We didn't have any like you like you said. There's no historical data to this, and I don't I didn't see anyone doing this before. but we did uh, do that and and even and right now i have a 10 member account management team and that's that's become a part of our process and uh, playbook as well that's that's really amazing i think for you experiments like you know really really work out well when you also when you don't have enough data but you can also trust your gut and and i think that's where the your experience would come into picture right yeah. uh to pilot it right like don't do yeah. it with everybody do it with a couple of people uh, your top performers and then you have to have a repeatable framework and then give it to your rest of the team that i think that's the key 
makes sense really interesting so talking about like you know just just taking a deep dive into like metrics for the customer success function right like i know that one or two metrics which are very commonly talked and you know which are uh, which are important for for this function like attention and churn right and and there's enough content about these two metrics already out there right mm-hmm. i know that these two are very very important and you know at the core of of customer success but then apart from these two what what are the few other metrics that you know that you uh, think are vital uh, for uh, the cs role which are often overlooked in you know in, by many many task companies or many customer success leaders that you track and you follow and you you know try to increase or try to improve at tashvi sure sure so the first uh, metric that i would focus on is nrr right which is your net retention rate and mm-hmm. now the, the thing about nrr is i'll also explain how uh, we calculate it because i think one of the things is nrr is an important component of your organization's mm-hmm. profitability right mm-hmm. so i mentioned before acquiring a new customer can be five times if not more expensive than retaining an existing customer mm-hmm. so a high company growth rate and high net retention rate are definitely correlated and to a point where every month my founders come to me and say hey so what's our nrr because that's also the questions that investors want to know to know the health of the organization mm-hmm. so that would be my that's my top metric that i track mm-hmm. and nrr is basically your expansion minus churn and then you know we actually in the last two years we've grown by 35 points and i'm really mm-hmm. happy to have the had had that success because if the minute you have a framework in play your a formal customer success team in play and the you know the the impact that they can have has been proven with that number got it got it and and i was reading a lot about like one one metric which is nps right and and how how nps would would relate to churn right like right. let's say will the churn probability be lower if you know someone is a promoter in an nps uh, score or you know will the churn probability increase when someone is a detractor in a in an nps score right and and i was reading i was also reading that if if someone does not respond to the nps survey that you send the churn probability is even higher than than you know than someone who responds with a with a with with who is a detractor right so what are you, what is your experience with you know like nps relating to churn in 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 customer success i'm glad you asked that question again so <laughs> i think so nps you know i actually recently hired a director of customer experience in my team mm-hmm. who stopped not start metric to track is nps because you know we were doing really well in terms of revenue and that shows in our mm-hmm. rr numbers but i think parallelly mm-hmm. we also wanted to focus on customer experience and nps mm-hmm. is definitely one metric that can tell us a little bit on what customers are thinking about us right so mm-hmm. i think to your point if there is a correlation between churn and nps so i actually read this white paper which said there is no correlation because mm-hmm. the hypothesis is that you know customers who are engaging with us and giving us feedback even if they are detractors they are not necessarily mm-hmm. going to churn they are still engaging with you so when it comes mm-hmm. to nps no news is actually bad news if you're right. not hearing from them because uh, i feel like if passives or detractors we have now have a you know process to ensure that we are talking to them and wondering why they gave us the score and they're actually quite responsive so your churn is more it's coming from people who are not using the product so they don't even know enough to tell you what is missing from a chart piece standpoint or from your organization standpoint so that would so right now we 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 still have not found a correlation between nps and churn but what we have found a correlation is between nps and growth 
and expansion. Makes so, sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then what, what are some of the steps you take specifically for the detractors, right? Like uh, when, since you measure, uh, since there is someone who's, you know, owning the North Star metric and uh, for NPS. And uh, so what, what are some of the steps that you, 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 you and your team take and charge specifically for the detractors so that, you know, you, you kind of convert them into you know, promoters or you kind of promote them into uh, a neutral at least, right? From from a detractor phase. Right. So one of the things we understood after a few months of tracking NPS and wondering why, you know, how to go about this is, uh, Sunil, I think one, uh, it's important to understand that NPS cannot be owned only by customer success, right? It is a cross-functional metric. So what we did was put together a SWOT team with product, CS, you know, our professional services and customer solutions team to end because we were getting NPS ratings across the board for different topics and we needed to find the rightful owners to pass this feedback to. And only then we'll be able to act on it and then, uh, you know, go back to the customer. So the CSMs are on the front line and they own the uh, communication with the customer for sure. So what we did was from a CS standpoint, we are now focusing on from the time an NPS code comes in till it's resolved, the CSR is like the, the CSM is a quarterback, you know, with the customer, talking to them, asking them about all these questions. So we are incentivizing them on closing the loop with the customer. Whether they've been able to change the sentiment or not, it could depend on the issue or the issues that the problem that they're having. It could be a feature request that could happen much later. So we are not focusing. So from a CSM standpoint, it's the follow-up and closing the loop. Because customers appreciate that communication uh, or that, okay, you're taking my feedback seriously. So they're more prone to, you know, increasing that communication. So that's what we are doing from a CS standpoint. And the SWOT helps us in terms of passing on this feedback and getting traction from the other teams. Very interesting, Arundhati. And I think we have reached the like course of the episode. So let's let's quickly move on to the lightning round. So like I have like three questions for you. And you have to answer like whatever is on top of your mind, you know, first. So the first one, right? What's the one fundamental change that you're making in your job in 2021? So prioritizing customer experience in 2021 is my top priority. It's, 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 the, it's because as we scale, our company is growing. So we want to make sure that along with our NRR and GRR and the revenue metrics, we are mm-hmm. focusing on customer experience because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our customers are delighted and we are focusing on those moments and what we can add at every stage of the life cycle of the customer. Got it. And so what's the one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve? Uh, quick experiments, I think, help in shortening the learning curve. Second is talking to industry leaders. There is no need to reinvent the wheel. Uh, there have mm-hmm. been there are people who are doing this and have been doing this for at least 10 years. And I'm not just restricting myself to speaking to people in India, but also speaking to people in Slack or Drift and you know other companies that have been doing this for a long time. That has mm-hmm. helped me uh, learn much quicker than if I had to do it from scratch. That's, that's really great. And, the, and my last one, right? What do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started? All right. Okay, this is a good one. <laughs> so I didn't know anything about CS <laughs> when I started, right? As a function. Uh-huh. So I would say, I think I'm in a position to know what metrics are important into drive or the behavior to drive for uh-huh. the organization's health. I think Mm -hmm. what I know now is uh, that I don't need to, because it's such a multidimensional role, it's important to pick 
the right priorities and run with it versus doing everything that you can because customer success can do that to you. CSM in my team always tells me, help me prioritize because I don't know what to work on. And I think that is the fundamental learning that I have now in two, after two years before uh, that I didn't know when I started out. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks a lot, Tarundati, for, you know, coming on the show and sharing all these great insights with us about customer success and NPS and net retention, net revenue retention rate. So any, any parting piece of advice that you want to leave to the listeners? Uh, thank you for having me. And I really enjoyed our conversation. I think it was like a trip down memory lane for me chatting with you about these things. And see, so yeah, I, I think it's important to understand that customer success is uh, the gatekeeper of churn drives expansion and works very closely with marketing on customer advocacy. It's one of the most cross-functional roles I have played because literally I have meetings with every team every day, like product and marketing. So I think it's important to remember that you cannot be successful with customer success in silo. I think it's important to have these shared OKRs if needed, other teams, because at the end of the day, you're the voice of the customer inside your organization. So make use of the entire organization to be able to be successful. Amen to that. So yeah, again, once again, thanks, thanks a lot for taking time and doing this. Thank you so much, Sina. Nice talking to you.